Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 21. I'm here with my man Casey. We're really stoked today. We're going to talk uh, divisional round recap. We're going to talk conference championships as well. Um, and then I think that's going to wrap things up for today. So first and foremost, before we get started into some football, Casey, how are you doing today on this uh, fine, fine day? The Packers are still alive. Yes, they are. They're doing fantastic. They may not be for much longer, though. That's what everyone thinks. But, uh, you know, we're nobody's underdog. Okay. As Mike McCarthy has once said, and now coach of the Dallas Cowboys will probably say in the future, we're nobody's underdog. It sounds like a Mike McCarthy saying. Yeah. Well, it worked for one year when we were the sixth seed going against uh, all the teams we played to the Super Bowl championship. So, all right. Uh, you know, hey. I think we're fine being the, uh, the, uh, the lesser thought of team and let them sleep on us. And uh, maybe we'll show up and surprise some people. Worked for the Eagles in 2017 as well, so I'm not hating yeah. on you. Um, well, you guys were the two seed, but... Well, we were underdogs still, though. Yeah. But, but. you know, it is what it is. First uh, first off, quick shout-out, Antonio Gates, retired. One of the best tight ends to ever play. Ranks third all-time in catches amongst tight ends and first in touchdowns. Also, quick shout-out to Luke Keekley, who we just yeah. learned retired as well. Um, that was more unexpected. It was. Yeah. He had a very emotional video that he released on twitter i think with the panthers that i watched and he had to hold back tears a couple times it just seems like his body is not doing what he wants it to do and uh, i know he's had a, a number of concussions and that's a, a tough tough decision to make when when you still want to play but you know it's not the smart the right decision yeah. yeah uh hall of famer yes or no uh not for his ballot, but I think he makes it in eventually. I think he does, too. He's he's one of the best linebackers to ever play the game. Um, a perennial talent. I, I don't um, I don't think we see anybody similar to his skill set in a little while. And uh, Hall of Famer, in my mind, yeah. down the line, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's dive into the games. Which one do you want to recap first? Well, let's start in the order that they occurred. So we'll start with the early Saturday game in Levi Stadium, where the 49ers... Pretty much dominated. Dismantled. The Kirk Coupons. Kirk Coupons. As, as you like to call them. The Vikings. Um, I mean, the Niners defense held the Vikings offense to only 147 total yards of offense. And 41 of those came on that one play to Diggs early in the, in yeah. the game. So that's really 106 yards of offense for the rest of the day, aside from that one play, which is, uh, I guess the word would be impressive and uh, concerns a, a Packers fan a little bit about how oh. they may end up scoring Absolutely. Um, but it was a very dominating performance, and I think any concern you might have had of the 49ers having some rust or that bye week catching up to them or whatever, um, players coming back from injury that hadn't played in a long time and being a little shaky uh, – they they sort of ended those those questions pretty early and jumped on it. It was close for a little while, but you just sort of got the feeling early on that the Niners were clearly the better team, and it would take some random stroke of luck for the Vikings to to stay in it more more than they did. Yeah, totally agree. This was a scrappy game. I mean, you look at the box score: Kirk Cousins. 172 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Jimmy Garoppolo, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Neither quarterback played phenomenally. Mm -hmm. The difference in this game, Dalvin Cook. 
Yeah. Nine carries for 18 yards, two yards per carry. Couldn't get it going. This Niners front, this Niners defense stopped their run game, which is what we've said on this podcast is the engine of the Vikings and what gets them going, gets them in play action, gets them making big plays on the field to Thielen and Diggs. Uh, they stopped that. And Diggs had two receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown, which sounds nice, but two receptions is not much. No. And, you know, Thielen didn't get much going either. Meanwhile, the Niners seem to find a new lead back all the time. They're one of the best teams I've ever seen at finding the hot hand and rolling with it. And you've seen yeah. that. I mean, Raheem Mostert came on at the end of the season as a lead back. Tevin Coleman had a had a four touchdown game in the middle of the, middle of the season. In this game, it was Tevin Coleman. He had a, he had twenty two carries, one hundred and five yards, and two touchdowns. He led this team to this victory, man. And they the defense, man, of this Niners team is incredible. They held the Vikings zero first downs rushing. Yeah, zero. Yeah, first downs rushing seven first downs total. The Niners had 21. They they outpaced them by three times. So this <laughs> yeah. was as lopsided as they come. By all accounts, I mean as an you know objectively, this was a very boring game, uh, mm-hmm. especially at the second half. I mean, it, it was 14 to 10, I think, and then the Niners just took it away. They they didn't even the Vikings didn't score again. Yeah, in the second half. So this is a scary team. Like, sure, dreadfully scary, and it seems like everything is coming together at the right moment, both from a talent, a coaching, and a health perspective for this Niners team sure, to be deadly. Yeah, and the Saints also thought they were going to the Super Bowl, and the Ravens thought they were going to the, go to the Super Bowl, and they're sitting on the couch. So if, any, if these playoffs have proven anything, it's that you never know what could happen. It's any given true. Sunday, catch you on a bad day, and that's it and that's why we love football because it's so exciting you never know what's what's going to happen if the miami dolphins can't beat the patriots in week 17 why do we even show up and watch so that that's what keeps you turning tuning in and uh that's what i'll be tuning in on sunday for the late game oh, i'm sure you will um, uh so also what i heard there is we got to credit the miami dolphins for the end of the patriots dynasty potentially yeah, I, think, I think mostly fitzpatrick right oh fitzpatrick. yeah Ryan fitzpatrick yeah. single-handedly the beard ended brought down the patriots Brady. yeah love it yeah um i want to just tell a quick story i was reading a tweet um this is about the niners and george kittle specifically shanahan said kittle has never once in three years come to him during a game and asked for the ball to be thrown to him or complained about not getting enough touches or anything like that but every seven plays or so kittle will walk up to shanahan and say we should run this type of run play this will work well who do i need to go hit who do i need to go block yeah that's the type of player you want on your team that's that team first mentality and then another story from this last weekend, uh, Akella Witherspoon was benched. Mm-hmm. He was rightfully getting, so. Yeah, rightfully so. He was getting <laughs> torn up. Um, Toe up from the flow up. Who's the who's the backup that came in? Oh, Mosley, I believe. Yeah. Um, Mosley came in. They call him E-Man. And Akella Witherspoon said, hey, coach, put me in and, and I'll take his special teams reps. I want to help the team in any way possible. He needs to rest to play cornerback. And it's these types, this almost sort of reminds me of the Golden State Warriors of old when, when they were peak and mm-hmm. uh, it was team first. It was never player first. There was no egos. It was all a common goal to win. And like I was saying, that combined with the fact that they literally have no injuries is fucking scary, man. Yeah. They're still a little short on the D line. They don't have a ton of depth there because they got some guys on IR, but otherwise they're completely healthy. I mean, all their skill guys, uh, the receivers are suddenly catching balls for the most part. Kendrick Bourne had another drop, but uh, he did. Uh, otherwise, they're, they're catching the ball, which was a big 
issue early on in the season and it's hard to find a weakness on that team yeah like on any level Uh, you might be able to say the second corner position with Mosley although he's been playing well um so I I think maybe that's the only place you really want to target the 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 front is nasty on their defense um their offensive line is healthy now with Staley and McGlinchey back and they have the the three-headed monster at running back Jimmy Garoppolo's functioning well on the offense. He doesn't have to win it all the time because the run game is great, and he, Shanahan's scheming stuff open. Uh, so they're going to be tough. I mean, I, they're the clear favorite to not only win this next week against the Packers, but to win the Super Bowl. I think whoever they end up playing, the Chiefs or the Titans. Um, but speaking of the Titans, let's let's go to the upset of the playoffs, probably. It has to be. Um, it's, I think it's bigger than the Titans upsetting the, the Patriots, um, even though that was a closer game. But the Titans went into Lincoln Fi- – is it Lincoln Financial? No, that's the, that's the uh, Eagles. Eagles field. Uh, what is it? What's uh, uh, the Ravens place called? M&T Bank? Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Look at them. Got the stadium names and everything. Okay. Uh, they went in and they dominated the Ravens sort of from the first gun, and it's exactly how – we laid it out in the last episode. Uh, the Titans jumped up to a, a, a lead early on, forced some turnovers. The Ravens looked super rusty, and uh, Lamar Jackson ended up with 59 passing attempts, which is not a recipe of success to, for success for the Ravens. And they rode Derrick Henry to a win, 28-12. to 12. Yeah, the Ravens, I mean, there's no other way to say it other than that they choked harder than I've ever seen any team choke in a playoff game, to be (laughs) honest. I mean, there was a tweet, uh, your offense has 14 drops all year, and then you have seven in the first playoff game. You're 100% on fourth and one in the regular season, and then you fail twice in your first playoff game, including one of the worst QB sneaks potentially I've ever seen. Uh, You score 20 plus every week, and then you score 12 in your first playoff game. That's that's a choke, man. I mean, you you look at the stats. Lamar Jackson, I don't know if he deserves the blame here. He, he has two interceptions. One was a bounce off a receiver's hand. I don't really blame him for that. Mm-hmm. 365 yards, one touchdown, one interception that might be his fault. 143 rushing yards as well. Yeah. Like, he did his thing. I think they were really, really missing... Um, Mark Ingram. I think so, too. I think it was was a bigger loss than expected. And it impacted them more than they thought. But this team had opportunities. They didn't convert on them, and they just didn't score the ball when they needed to. And the Titans did. And they took advantage of the situations they needed to. And they had Derrick Henry, who's, by all accounts, potentially the most valuable player in the playoffs so far to any team. Um, You know, if we want to talk stats, man, this guy, in his last eight games has 203 carries for 1,273 yards, 6.27 yards per carry, and 11 touchdowns. He's nuts. That's the most in any eight-game span out of any player ever. And that's more than like a lot of running backs get in a season. So (laughs) it's it's unreal. I mean, in the regular season, he was the rushing leader with uh, 1,540 yards, and he's the first player in NFL history ever to record three consecutive games with at least 180 rushing yards which is it's just unreal. He's the entire offense. You look at the passing stats, Ryan Tannehill had to throw the ball again 14 times this game. 
Yeah. It was similar to last time. They just don't need to throw the ball. They don't need to. They'll run it down your throats. They'll score. Their defense is good. Mm-hmm. They win games. They do. And Lamar missed some passes for sure. He he didn't step up like he needed to, but that team is not ready for the Lamar show as far as a passer. I mean, they have Hollywood Brown, and then they have like three tight ends, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, and that makes it super tough. Uh, so, yes, he struggled, and he deserves some blame. Um, it was it would have been a tough catch in the early in the early going when the, the pass deflected off off his receiver's hands and into Kevin Byard's. Um, but then he sort of lost his cool on that interception when he was making the tackle and had the uh, the face mask at the end throwing him out of bounds, which added 15 yards on top. Like he was already out of bounds, just let him go and yeah. live to fight another day. And it seemed like that kind of rattled him. Like when it didn't go his way originally, he got a little bit in his head, tried to force things a little bit, got a little hoppy in the, in the pocket and, and stuff like that. Transcendent player and played – mostly a, a, a solid game and i don't think this should take away from his regular season performance because that was unreal what he did in yeah. the regular season and i think i think he still deserves to be the mvp and the future is very bright he just obviously has some stuff that he still needs to work on um but i have a, a stat right here i'm going to read you a few drives that the ravens had okay they had a drive that ended at the titans 36 a drive that ended at the Titans 31, the Titans 4, the Titans 18, the Titans 31, the Titans 15, the Titans 16, and the Titans 21. Wow. And they finished with 12 points. In the regular season, they're converting touchdowns on like almost all of those. Yeah. That's the difference in this game, man. It's efficiency in the red zone, and yeah. they didn't have it in this. That's eight drives within the 40 of yeah. the Titans. Um, a couple of those were the fourth down conversions that they didn't do. The first one they did was bad scheme bad design so they had a couple guys in the backfield um but they had a, a a running back lined up behind lamar jackson and if that guy's not going to be a lead blocker for you why is he in there because if you split him out wide or you turn that guy into a receiver that's one less person in the box yeah so by bringing that that running back behind lamar jackson and not having him block you're just bringing an extra defender into clogs the box. things up a little yeah. bit yeah so did Lamar Jackson not follow his blocks terrifically well? Yes. Like he, he could have found a hole and, and made it happen and stayed true to the design of the play, but it also wasn't great scheming on, on the part of the offensive coordinator. So not all his fault definitely has some stuff to improve, but um, what we thought was going to be a Super Bowl lock is now bounced. Yeah. It's, it was the most unexpected game, I think. Um, as far as you know win loss but let's dive into the next game i think uh i think you have a lot to say about this one huh? <laughs> the texans and the chiefs oh is that the one we're going to yeah okay. well we're going in order you're right we'll I, finish I, with I, the grand finale, okay, grand finale. The, uh, the seahawks and packers okay texans and chiefs this wasn't it this was a very unique game this was a great <clears throat> game this was an emotional roller coaster of a game is what it, it was it was the first half was fantastic the second half lost my attention a little bit but uh the texans got up to a 24 to 0 lead and then immediately lost that within a quarter going into halftime and we're down 28 to 24 yep and actually my blog post this week is going to be on what happened 
So why did the Texans all of a sudden struggle to get in the end zone? Why did the Chiefs start clicking? And uh, how did they sort of break the dam and start the scoring? And it might be uh, surprising to you to know that it started happening halfway into the first quarter. Okay. So the, the Chiefs figured out what the Texans were doing. The Texans didn't change anything. And the Chiefs took advantage of it. Uh, it speaks to Andy Reid and his scheming and the best quarterback maybe in the league right now in the, or in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. So if you want to check this out and you're intrigued at all, go to weeklyspiral.com. Yeah. We're more official now. We got the we got the domain. Uh, check do. it out, weeklyspiral.com. We'll have a blog post up every week. Um, and come off season, we'll have a lot of draft content up there as well. So lots of exciting things to come. Um, but this week, check out how the Chiefs became the first team in NFL history to trail by 24 points in the first half and still lead at halftime. Um, a lot to come. Exciting, exciting <laughs> yeah. content. Yeah, very exciting. Um, I think this was... Uh, to me, Bill O'Brien dropped the ball. Like, f- as good of a start as you could possibly want. And then it felt like... So to go into a little bit into the analysis, the Chiefs were asking the Texans to run the ball. They constantly had two high safeties. There were times when they had six guys in the box and the Texans had seven or eight. And they're that's like, please, please run it. Yeah. Please run it. We want you to give the ball to Carlos Hyde. And the Texans would still throw it. Or they'd run it once and then get away from it. Um, and when you're up 24 to zero, or when you start to get a lead on a Chiefs team who you know is explosive, that might be an opportunity to start running the ball. You know, I'm not saying milk the clock in the first quarter, but establish your run game. So you bring that sure. safety up, and then you can open stuff up in the pass game. And Deshaun Watson did fair enough as is. Um, but the Chiefs also threw in some rotating safeties. So they would run someone down at the snap or they would drop someone back at the snap. So going into the game, I assume the Texans wanted to run against two high, two high safeties. You have one less person in the box. They want to yep. throw against one high. Um, so you see a couple times safeties rotating out and then Deshaun Watson will check to a run and they get four or five yards. Um, but they got away from that. They only ran the ball 21 times um, and outgained the Chiefs. But uh, the Chiefs made their possessions count. And the the turning point for me, I think, was when they had fourth and one in the red zone, the Texans did, and Bill O'Brien was about to go for it and then decided to kick a field goal. And then the next drive in his own territory on fourth and four, he decided to call a fake punt. Absurd. And those things... Like I'm fine with taking a risk, but flip those. Go for the fourth and one in the red zone and kick the and kick the punt, punt when it's in it. your own in, your own territory. What what an idiotic series of events. It was not good. It was not a flattering Are you look. Kidding me? Like especially uh, that fake punt. Like uh, it's just a head shaker. You just yeah. <laughs> sit there and shake your head. Like what? Well, credit to the Chiefs. Like Sorensen made a really good tackle in the open field on justin reed who got the direct snap but i don't know i don't know why you call that there i don't either. i don't get it and you know i consistently just look back to bill o'brien as the common denominator and what's holding the texans back i i they're talented they do win games and they've made it to the playoffs i mean they've they've won the afc south in four of the last six years which sounds great but then you realize in that same time period, Houston has never won a divisional playoff game while the rest of the division has made it to the AFC championship at yeah. some point. So 
it's 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 at some point not enough. It's just like you've gotten sure. this far, but you're not that guy to take us to the next level. And you know you have the quarterback. I mean, Deshaun Watson has has proven it. He's I mean he's the first quarterback in NFL history to lose a playoff game with 300 passing 300 plus passing yards and three or more tur- uh, touchdowns and zero turnovers. Mm. First quarterback to ever lose a playoff game with those yeah. type of stats. Wh- whose fault? Who's at fault? Whose fault is it? It's got to be. It's got to come back to coaching. I think. Yeah. I well. He's the head coach, so it's ultimately his responsibility. But it's hard to win a game when you give up 51 points. Oh, of course. I mean, it's that's that's asking an awful lot. And um, the Texans were in man coverage the entire game against a team you probably don't want to be in man coverage Ever. against. And they put Lonnie Johnson Jr., who's a rookie, on Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey ate him alive Tore for him up. ten receptions and 130 something yards, three touchdowns. Um, and they didn't get out of it. Like they didn't. There was no adjustment after that. They doubled him a couple times, uh, but they would shade over Tyreek Hill and cover that, and then say, "All right, everyone else beat us. We're just going to man up." And they don't have they don't have the the DBs for that. They're a little bit injured. They're banged up. But that pass defense has struggled, and I don't understand the rationale as far as that being the game plan for your defense against the Chiefs going into the game. Yeah who will always exploit that man coverage and are one of the best teams at doing that. Their skill guys are just so much better than almost every other teams in the league. So uh, there's not a lot of teams that could match up with them in man coverage. Um, But so at at some point he approved that game plan, regardless of his offensive production, which although the stats were there, um, if you think about it, they exploited one busted coverage. Good for them. They threw a bubble early in the game and then hit him with the bubble and go. Um, that was their first touchdown, and then they had a blocked punt for a touchdown. Yeah, there's a touchdown, and then they had a muffed punt for that they recovered on up. like inside the ten, and they scored there. So really, that's the extent of their offense in, in yeah. the first half. Um, they were so almost you, gifted a 21 point lead in the first quarter. Yeah, oh, they just were. like handed to them on a silver platter. Said, "Here's a 21 point lead." And Bill Brown, I don't know what to do with this. What do you yeah, take it back? I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want this lead. What are you talking about? We don't no. want to win and get to our first conference championship. What? No, that's too much pressure. Yeah, uh, something needs to change. I don't know what it is. I think this team has talent in the right places, but when you have that and you you're still not executing, especially in a game where everything was going your way. I mean, I saw some some uh, things where fans were literally leaving the stadium. Yeah very early on because yeah. it was it it just looked like Houston was was con- in control of this game and was going to move on um granted you know the Chiefs if any team can come back and any team has the capacity for big explosive plays that can score in bunches again I'm going to make the Warriors comparison the Chiefs are like the Warriors mm-hmm. Warriors on offense you know they'd be down 20 something points and it was like instantaneous comeback if yeah. they if they could f- turn it on at the right time um the Chiefs are the highest, you know, ex- ex- most explosive offense I can remember in of, of in recent history. Yeah, in terms of speed, in terms oh, of sure. you know, Pat Mahomes has the, probably the strongest arm in the league. Yeah. Um. So you could feel you could feel that momentum shift in the second. Um, yeah. It was <laughs> even the first touchdown. You could be like, oh boy. Yeah. It's 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 a coming. It's a coming. And then they scored 28 in the second quarter, whereas Houston only managed to score three. Yeah. So at that point, you had yourselves a game, and uh, Chiefs ran away with it. That they did. Props to them. 
they're, think uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be matchup. tough for sure, and I uh, think I'm going to root for them. I want my boy Andy Reid to finally get his uh, get his Super Bowl. Oh, that's nice of you. Are yeah. you bandwagon? Is that your AFC bandwagon? Well, I got to pick one. You have like eight, so <laughs> now that we've I, narrowed I'm, it down. My my uh, day one is still alive. So uh, Your day one has been like – the Ravens were your day one too. I just said they were my lock. The Ravens, the Raiders, the Bills, the Titans. Who else we got? I think I've been on the Titans for a while. Okay, though. all right. Been on the Titans say? for since at least like – Mid-season. You, you've been on all teams for a while. But anyways, Packers at Niners. Uh, uh, that's ahead of ourselves. Seahawks at Packers. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk this matchup. Yeah. Uh, we thought about letting them win, and then we decided not to. Which yeah, was... It gave us a little scare <laughs> there at the end. <laughs> they did. You were in control this whole time, and then yeah. at the end. I texted you. I was like, I'm glad you're not falling apart. And then as and I then said that, I was like, oh, boy. We started what did I apart. do? <laughs> Uh, but I, I think this was Aaron Rodgers' best game of the year. Uh, he was much more crisp, decisive, uh, and he made some of those throws that we're used to seeing him make. And that really has not been there almost the whole year. Uh, but he was on it today. There was good uh, scheme. There's uh, defense played well, especially in the first half. Uh, Zadarius and Justin and uh, the Smith brothers wreaked havoc for most of the game they were yeah. chasing russell wilson around and they gassed out a little bit in the second half and that that there stemmed the problems um for for the seahawks attempt at a comeback um but overall i was impressed with the offense Devonte looked a little bit more fresh um and i'm sure that bye week helped because uh, he had the turf, turf toe early on and those those things tend to linger but he got a, a week's rest and, and looked a little bit more uh, like he had some juice in and out of his cuts, stuff like that, and and he went for 160 yards and, and had a big game. Uh, Aaron Jones didn't get going a ton, but did enough, and the play action was working, and things were were clicking on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, as far as the defense goes, dominated the first half, and then our offense started to struggle, and when that started to happen, our defense got super tired. They were on the field for a long time and chasing russell wilson around and watching him work some magic is uh never fun for any defense to experience it's exhausting yeah uh, and you could tell their hands were on their hips they they were huffing and puffing at the end of the game but they they managed to hold on um jair alexander's sack on the two-point conversion was huge preston smith got a sack uh, on the seahawks last drive that made them punt also huge and that's sort of been the story of the Packers. Like they, they haven't played perfect games all the time, but eventually someone at some point makes a play to win. And and that's what they did against the Seahawks. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was absolutely clinical, surgical in this game. Um this was the this was this is what I said needed to happen. Yeah. You needed Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. This is this is not what we've seen during the regular season. This guy is an first ballot hall of famer probably the third best quarterback to ever play the game um if you count super bowl accolades and stuff you probably got tom brady maybe joe montana and then aaron Rodgers in my Mm -hmm. mind and he played like it third down seven for nine 121 yards a touchdown 155.8 passer rating six first downs and two rush yards for a first down as well this this is what you need. You need your best players making big plays in big moments, and that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers did. Um, even though you, there was a little scare there at the end, you closed it out. And if he can keep this form up, 
I expect a much tougher matchup this uh, this coming weekend um, mm. than what we saw earlier in the season. <laughs> not the closest. Was not not great. But if Aaron Rodgers can keep this sort of form, I mm. I expect big things. Like this this is this is the Aaron Rodgers that we've known for sure, for sure. And like you said, that, that's going to be the key to the Packers being able to do anything in the in the NFC Championship game. Um, but exciting to see Matt LaFleur get his first playoff win as, as a head coach. I think a lot of people expected going into the year that this would be a, a nine and seven, 10 and six kind of team and fighting for a wild card with a, a tough division. And they've far exceeded those expectations. Uh, you can question the word earned, but they earned a, a first round buy in the second seed. And now they're one game away from the Super Bowl. Um, so, it's all you can ask from a first year that head is coach. All you can ask. It's it's great. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing as a first year head coach. Yeah. So props to Matt Lafleur. Let's see if he can uh, get one more or two more. Two more would be preferable, but <laughs> one at a time. All right, one at a time. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk conference championship matchups. Which one do you want to start with here? Uh, well, we can we can. Let's do the Titans and the Chiefs. That's, that's first, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's the early game on Sunday. I think that the Titans can do it again. Oh, boy. I believe in them, man. I, I, I'm not jumping off their bandwagon. So uh, I think they have the pieces to be able to get it done. They beat them earlier in the season, 34-31, uh, to 31, I believe. Um so they can clearly compete with the best. They beat the Ravens, they beat the Patriots, they beat the Texans to end the season. They were competitive with the Saints at the end of the season. They've gone through a gauntlet, and they have risen to the occasion, or the Derek, Derek Henry has risen to the oh, occasion. He has absolutely <laughs> risen to the occasion. Every single week. I don't know how he's still going. I'm sure his body is beat to death, uh, but he, he keeps getting up and running people over. And I think it's the same sort of formula as, as last week with the Ravens, if they can keep the game tight at least <clears throat> or get to a lead and ride Derrick Henry against the Chiefs' run defense that has been a little bit suspect, uh, that's their recipe for success. And like we talked about last week too, a great equalizer is weather and the run game. If you can milk the clock and minimize possessions, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, fine, he can score in – five plays in one minute that's yeah. fine that, that can happen but if he only gets the ball three times a half like the maximum amount of points you can get is six times seven which is 42 like that math i did in my head that there. was very fast <laughs> <Thanks. Congrats. laughs> i'm good at my sevens times tables i see that um and i think that's that's what they're going to try to do I expect they're going to have to pass more than 14 times this, this game, and Tannehill is going to have to carry a little bit more of a burden, but I think he's up to the task. When, when they've asked him to make throws, he's made every single one. Uh, the, the throw he had when the Ravens didn't convert that fourth and one with Lamar, the, the immediate play after on that long ball, I forget who caught it, um, but it was off play action. They failed, and then they went deep on him. And it was beautiful. It was a nice big rainbow receiver dive. AJ Brown caught it. It wasn't AJ Brown. I think it was like their third. It wasn't Tajay Sharp. It wasn't AJ Brown. It was like their third 
dude. Okay, um, third dude. Anyways, it was a beautiful <laughs> throw. Um, and if you can hit a couple of those, you'll be in a good position. And I have the Titans winning 34-30 to 30 and going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Dude, if the Titans go to the Super Bowl, that would be... The, that would be so unexpected. I don't even know. Like <laughs> somebody somewhere made a lot of money. They were four and five at one point. Yeah. The season. Yeah. I know. It's insane. Um, I'm not going to pick the Titans in this one, man. There's <laughs> no way I'm picking against the Chiefs. Sunday will be the seventh time Andy Reid has made a conference championship game in his career. It will be the fifth time he's been at home, and his teams are one and five in conference championship games. So it's not the best. I think it's about damn time for my boy Andy Reid to get his Super Bowl win. And the reason it was one and five is because one of those he made the Super Bowl, by the way. So okay. six of those he I didn't. Yeah. Um, wait, no, one and five. Would... No, the one was getting to you're the right. Super Bowl. You're right. So maybe one, no, he was one and six then. Okay. Um, it's time, though. It's Andy Reid's time, and this team is primed to do it. I don't see the Titans standing a chance in this matchup simply because they are very bad against the pass defensively. And Mm -hmm. the Chiefs are one of the top teams and definitely the top team remaining in the playoffs passing the ball. And it's a passing league today. I see them being able to put up huge numbers against this Titans team in a way that they cannot keep pace with with the running game. You can Mm -hmm. run Derrick Henry all day. But at some point, you're not going to be able to keep pace with, you know, we've talked about this. Yeah. Throwing the ball gets the ball down the field quicker than running the ball. Oh, for sure. So the the Titans right now, in the regular season, were 24th against the pass. They were 12th against the run, which I think is a big reason why they were able to stop the Baltimore Ravens, because without Mark Ingram, they were a little bit more predictable in terms of what they were going to do in the run game. Mm-hmm. But I think the Chiefs will be able to exploit this secondary um, being the fifth-ranked passing offense in the league during the regular season, I see them having a big advantage in there, and I think that's what ultimately wins them this game. And it's going to come down to outpacing the Titans from from a scoring perspective because I do think Derrick Henry is going to get his. I think he's going to have another 150-yard rushing game. The, the Chiefs' rushing defense is nothing special. Derrick Henry will feast, but I don't think it's enough to keep pace with this high-scoring offense. So I'm going to say Chiefs take this one in a 38-24 to victory. Okay. We'll we'll just have to find out. I think, I think we it, will. I think it should be closer. Even if the Titans end up losing, I think it'll be a closer game than a lot of people expect. Um, and I think Tannehill is going to show up and make people believe I, in the man I, from Miami. I hope it's a good game, but I just have a feeling it won't be. Well, we'll see. We'll see on we, Sunday. We shall see. Packers at Niners. The game that you have been waiting for. And that Aaron Rodgers has been waiting for his entire life, entire career, yeah, I should well, say. He's had a couple shots years. at the Niners in the playoffs before. and uh, In the conference championship game, though? Not the conference championship game, but uh, didn't go well in previous matchups. Although they had uh, the gazelle himself, Colin Kaepernick, running the ball all over our defense. Um, but this one's clearly going to be a blowout. The Packers are going to win. Uh, that's the narrative okay. going in. Uh, they're the clear favorites based on the last game you know it was a fluke and uh this is sarcasm correct <laughs> this is sarcasm but that's what people are saying about the niners they're saying this might as well be like the niners versus a fucking jv high school football game 
<laughs> football team here. Uh, the way that people are talking about the Packers and uh, the matchups that that are in front of them, and the Packers are a team that went thirteen and three and then beat the Seahawks, who I would argue they beat them more decidedly than the Niners ever did. Um, the the Seahawks beat the Niners. The, the Seahawks beat the Niners, and the Packers scored more points on the Seahawks than the Niners ever did. Um, so. You guys, you 49ers fans may be pumped that you don't have to see the Seahawks again, but you may be unpleasantly surprised at uh, what the Packers are bringing to town. I think Matt LaFleur learned a lot from the last matchup and talked about being a little bit too vanilla and overthinking things and... He's good friends with uh, Shanahan and Salah, and he was getting in his head about how they were going to adjust to things and overthought stuff and got away from his base offense and a lot of the stuff that he's been doing uh, in in the other games during the season. And uh, I think I saw a stat at some point there was teams that got blown out, lost by 20 or more points to a team in the regular season when they had a rematch in the playoffs those teams the winning teams during the blowout were uh 22 and 14 which is still good but Hmm. a little bit more equitable than you might imagine um all that being said the niners are fucking good uh i don't know where the packers match up super well against them uh i think we have a better top tier receiver and we have a better top tier running back with Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams but the 49ers front is insanely good Richard Sherman's playing out of his mind um I I don't know that we're gonna have a huge advantage in at those position groups based on what the Niners have on defense as far as our defense goes we actually did a pretty decent job against the Niners in the first game in the first half or so, or the first, I'll say 25 minutes, because then things started to, to fall apart. Um, but the Niners had a couple punts. They had the easy touchdown in the beginning because Aaron Rodgers fumbled. Yeah, Niners got it on their on the one-yard line and punched it in. Uh, but outside of that, they only had six points. They had a couple punts. Uh, the defense was playing well. There were a few sacks. Um, and I think that's going to be the formula for the, for the Packers going for they have to get pressure with Preston and Zedaria Smith if they can get to Jimmy G and disrupt things um I think that's the got to be their main hope on on defense because I don't know if we can hold up in the back end um it's definitely the Niners are clearly the better team on paper and they should win but a lot of teams should win and don't Uh, a la Ravens Uh, a la Ravens a la New Orleans Saints and Patriots against the Dolphins, and so on and so forth. Um, so now that I've made a huge pitch for the Packers, I'm still going to pick the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's just going to be a little bit too much. I think it's going to be a close game, um, but I think the Niners win 31-23. to 23. Uh, I just don't know if the Packers have enough firepower outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. The, the, the secondary receivers and third receivers are – not explosive enough and not polished enough to, to really damage the 49ers. Jimmy Graham has made some plays recently, but he's still old, still can't really run. Um, 
So I'm just concerned about our ability to score points. I think our defense might end up doing a pretty solid job, but uh, ultimately I think the Niners are just a little bit too much for us. I would tend to agree. That was a long monologue on it my part. It was a long monologue, <laughs> and I know you're passionate about this, so I wanted to let you have your moment. Um, I think you kind of hit on it when you said we have a great receiver, Devontae Adams, and we have Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and you kind of stopped there. Yeah. <laughs> because that's really all there is in terms of elite offensive talent. And it's a lot easier for the defense to scheme against two guys than it is to scheme against four or five, yeah, which sure. is what you're going to have to do against the Niners. Mm-hmm. So it'll be easier for Richard Sherman and maybe a safety to take away Devontae Adams. Um, you put you know Fred Warner key in on, on Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. or yeah. You can scheme against those two elite players in a way that will minimize, I think, their impact on the game. Um, and I said this before, man, any, any given Sunday, any team can win. So you, you have a shot. There is, there is no question in my mind that if Aaron Rodgers shows up and he's the Aaron Rodgers, we know you have every, every chance to, to beat the Niners. Um, but if I were a betting man, (laughs) I would not put my money on the Packers in this one. It's, it's a unique situation. We said it earlier. It's, it's that combination of great coaching, great talent, and no injuries. Mm-hmm. Literally none. They asked Shanahan, is there an injury report? He said there are no injuries to report. How often yeah. does that happen on an NFL team at any given point that there are no injuries to report? Even if somebody, got, some dude gets injured in practice. Like, yeah. How often does that happen that there's zero injuries? It's, it's, it's such a unique situation, and they're at such an advantage to be at full strength. Um, some stats talk about it specifically with the defense. The 49ers defense has they were relatively healthy weeks one through eight and in in those games they allowed 10.9 points per game 214.8 yards per game and they averaged 2.3 takeaways in those games um in others without some combination of the injured players which were d ford um quan alexander richard sherman jacquiski tart for instance they averaged 26 they, they allowed 26 points per game 393 mm-hmm. yards per game and it only averaged 1.2 turnovers per game so they were half as good yeah. without some key players and they have everyone now and that's why i'm so concerned and i don't know that the packers like you said have enough firepower to combat this what is arguably the best defense in the league yeah. um from top to bottom when we talk edge rushers secondary just across the board this team is holeless <laughs> that's a word i don't know if that's the right word but there are no holes on this team um it's it's uh terrifying and this is the first time i mean or i think this is like the fourth time in aaron Rodgers' 191 game career that there are 7.5 point underdogs mm-hmm. and that's that's says something that how elite this team is yeah that aaron Rodgers has played 191 starts i should say um and this is only the fourth time that they have been more than a touchdown underdog. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very, very, very tough game. Um, I'm going to pick the Niners in this one as well. I, I see them winning. But I think it's going to be the best game of the week. And I think it's going to be more exciting than the AFC game. It's going to be relatively close. You're going to be more competitive. It's going to be. <laughs> it's gonna, not going to be like last game. And I'm going to say the Niners win 34-27. to 27. Okay. Well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm still optimistic. Uh, the fun thing about being an underdog is that no one expects you to win. Sure. So the pressure is off. You can play free. As a fan, it's sort of 
you know, you go in expecting, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. And if they end up losing, it's I, th- I still think it's a successful season. Getting an NFC Championship, going to thirteen and three, uh, I think the future is bright, regardless. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm fine with pick- people picking against the Packers. It, it makes sense. Did you get uh-huh. you fired up? You just ready to go? I can get fired up as much as I want. It's it's uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers that need to get the fire going, uh, brewing under their seats that will be pretty warm in, in Levi's, not like Lambeau. Um, they have heated seats. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So it's first butt class. doesn't get it's cold. First class yeah. shit. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? You just said uh, expecting, what was it? Hoping for uh, hoping the, best, the best, expecting, expecting the, worst. the worst. That's how I felt before every single game this season for the <laughs> Eagles. Um, so hey, you know what? You're in the conference championship. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big achievement, especially for a rookie head coach. Um, what also terrifies me is for you guys, for the Packers. Um, seems like rushing well, running the ball well, has been the formula for beating you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. Who does that better than the Niners? I don't know. Yeah, Derrick so, Henry. Maybe the Titans at this point in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, maybe you could make a case for the Ravens, but yeah. Um, yeah. Niners are It's going to be a terrifying matchup. I think if we beat the Niners, uh, we can, I'd, feel, I feel, I'd feel more confident against the Chiefs, the Titans, than I would against the Niners. I, I like think that the AFC. I think that the NFC team has a good chance of winning the Super Bowl, either yeah. the Packers or the Niners. Yeah, more so than the Chiefs or the Titans. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's a good take for sure. Um, that's about wrapping things up here. Yeah. Uh, we are really glad that you tuned in for episode twenty-one. Um, your support has been tremendous. We really appreciate it. If you could do us one favor, please share this podcast with your friends and check out our website, our blog, weeklyspiral.com. Casey posts a bunch of interesting content up there and there's links to all our social channels if you want to check us out on the gram, on Twitter as well. We're uh, posting during game days. Um, You can follow us there. Um, But with that, we really appreciate your support. We're excited for episode 22 next week and we hope you have a great rest of the week and great evening or afternoon or whenever you're listening to this (laughs) and we will see you all soon.